to be a leader, you, you just got to trust, you got to trust the process each step. If you're moving with, with truth and service to the sport and your community, then you're moving yourself the right, you know, you're moving you and, and the sport in the right direction. But it's scary sometimes where you're like, what am I working towards? You know, what am I, um, what, how, who am I really influencing? Cause I think our sport's so small. Sometimes it feels like, is there anyone there? Does anyone care? Hello, you know, hello. hello. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. Sup everyone. I'm Paul Clark. Sup Paul. Welcome back to the podcast. It's kind of feeling like a podcast. Over the last few weeks, I've talked to river paddle enthusiasts, shop owners, creatives, people who I've really enjoyed listening to and having a conversation about their perspective on what it is to be an athlete, a creative, working in the outdoor industry, and just being a good person. In this episode, I have the great pleasure to talk with Natalie Zollinger. Get your notepads out because you'll want to take note. Notes as a masterclass on being a badass. Natalie was raised on a farm in rural Utah where her work ethic came out quite early. And that's translated to her work as a commercial raft guide on big whitewater trips like Cataract Canyon and the Grand Canyon and the Alsac River in Alaska. But it also allows her to be a good friend, a coach, a mentor. I love paddling with her. I haven't done it enough, but I look forward to it in the future. Without further ado, Natalie Zollinger. Natalie Zollinger, welcome to the podcast. Hey, good to chat with you, buddy. <laughs> so long. Uh, I That face, my audience isn't going to be able to see you. They're only going to be hear <laughs> you. But I'm sure they're going to hear your smile through this entire thing. One thing that I have really enjoyed about paddling and knowing you over the last handful of years is just the, the pure stoke, the pure enthusiasm for being outdoors and being an athlete and training people to do what you do so welcome to the podcast thank you thank you i'm sure everybody knows who you are all of my audience <laughs> knows i think you have one of the the highest social media followings at least in instagram for any river paddleboarder out there you're a lot more than a river paddleboarder but people know <laughs> who you are those people who don't introduce yourself give me a little bit about uh, your your background as an athlete and as a person yeah yeah well thanks um, well, I am the baby of a Hold on, we froze. Are you still there? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so gonna... all you heard was that I was a baby. <laughs> You're a baby. <laughs> it's a haiku, really. <laughs> um, so if okay. you can fill in those details. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely will. Let's start with, I was, I'm the youngest of 11 kids. Um, eight boys, three girls, was raised on a farm in nor northern Utah. And uh, beef farm, my dad was all into 4-H and, and um, raising steers and chickens and turkeys and pigs. And, and so we had, you know, we had the farm life. We had to work really hard. Summers were, um, my dad was also a, a farmer for the Mormon church, um, the Mormon church. So he mm -hmm. had like a, I don't know, I think it was like 8,000 acre farm that he farmed for them. And so summers were going to the farm and picking rocks, driving Steiger tractors, driving anything. Like I was driving at like eight. I would, you know, he'd, he'd pull two Steigers to a field. He'd leave one. He'd do enough. Um, he'd do, you know, as much as he needed to do until he almost ran out of gas. 
then he would get in the next Steiger and then do the field across from the, the other field until that one almost ran out of gas. And then I would get in one and we would drive, I would follow him home. And he used to call me snakes because my tracks were like this. Like I got the Steiger home, but it was definitely like, you know, <laughs> it's definitely, you know, snakeish. So he used to call me snakes. But yeah, just raised on a farm and, you know, farm life and just was really connected to animals and um, wasn't all about like we had with with the big family, um, you know, in, in immediate family also had a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles. And so I was really close to many of my cousins and we were just like adventurers and we were always in the water and we had, mm -hmm. I grew up on three pond with three ponds on, on the farm. And so I was always in the water with them and we would just play and it just water, you know, was something that I connected to pretty early on. Um, so and... out, out, outdoor athleticism came from the fact that you actually had to work and move stones and be creative with how to get home without running out of gas. Very true. And so I wasn't really like an athlete and I wasn't really, um, I, so I had a brother who passed away when I was 14 and he was the athlete. He was very much like the adventurer, the go-getter. He was an extreme athlete, extreme skier, extreme rock climber. Um, extreme biker. He's just, he was extreme in everything. And so when I was 14, he was like 22 or 23. Mm. And um, it turned something in my mind when he passed away that I wanted to live the type of life that he didn't get to live. So I turned on that like adventure seeker. I'd never mm. really hiked before. Um, but I started getting into hiking and, and, and then that's when I joined the swim team and the water polo team. And I also dove in high school cause he dove. Mm -hmm. So he's definitely been like, you know, someone that I looked up to and I still do, even though he's not here, but he's, he's one that like, anytime I come face to face with fear, I usually think about him and what he would do. And then he's like that guiding voice, guiding light for me. And, uh, and so in, in college, I started to, uh, run and just get more into my body. And then I, I joined the rugby team. And so I, I play, I dropped all water sports and joined the rugby team and got crushed, uh, by, by everything that rugby is and isn't, um, that's was what that, I learned. Was that co-ed? Was that a co-ed? Yeah, uh, no, we had a women's team. Okay. We had a women's club. Yeah. And it was really fun. And, um, but it kicked my ass. And, uh, and then one summer, I, some of my friends in college invited me on a Westwater trip here in Moab. And so I decided to go with them. And that's when I fell in love with the river. And that's when I found out that there's jobs that you can be river guides and you can get tan and buff. And that work, <laughs> eth that work ethic that I, was, um, that I was raised on shined as a river guide. Like, oh, you want me to lift heavy things? You want me to go for like long periods of time and also like being the youngest of, of a big family. Like I love being around people. So I love being, being curious and asking questions. And so it just really fit like the type of person it, it allowed me to feel like I was shining is like all the things that, um, as a kid that I grew up with, like got to come to one career and really shine. And that's when I started to fall in love with the river. So raft guiding was your first uh, gig on the river. Yeah. Raft guiding. Mm -hmm. 2005. I, I, <laughs> I joined a, a Mormon company cause I mm -hmm. had that Mormon background. So they hired me and in Moab, it's, 
it's uh like you kind of have to know someone to get into the higher up companies like ors or sherry griffith and so i had to start low on the totem pole and i definitely didn't fit into that culture i wasn't asked back the next year <laughs> um yeah they, uh, that was pretty sad actually <laughs> and not wow. not the river culture necessarily because you clearly fit in there but that particular yeah. the company you were working with yeah i wore sports bras and they weren't into that <laughs> uh, and, um, uh. <laughs> and uh yeah and so i um i had made some friends my first year with a company called oars i was asked to row a, a a school trip so you know how schools have like outdoor rec programs um i was at college and they knew i was a river guide and they're like hey we're going down and doing cat we need a river guide we haven't seen this level like, hey, do you want to row for us? It's like, yeah, absolutely. And so Cataract Canyon. Cataract Canyon on the Cataract Colorado Canyon. River. So we all, you know, all of our school kids coming down. We're at the ramp. We see this huge um, trailer full of oars boats pulling down the ramp. And I was like, hey, they're like all my friends. It's like, what are you guys doing? They're doing this like 50 person high end luck trip. And uh, it was like all my friends. It was just so cool. It was a spring trip. So it was like one of the first trips on the water. It was high water. And uh, the owner of Oars was on the trip. And so it was like the week of Cinco de Mayo. And so we, we, we all push off and we don't see them for like three, three or four days downstream. And we get to like the head of the rapids. And it was the day of Cinco de Mayo. So May, May 5th. And we're drinking margaritas and all the Oars boats pass by and all of us girls decide to flash all the boats i didn't know the owner of oars was on there there was it was um it was 50 dudes like so it was this um i forget the name of of their club but it's you had to be a millionaire or something like that between the ages of 25 and 40 and it's like the president's young president's association and there was like 50 guys and one girl. And so they're like, yeah, you know, and we're like flashing them. And, and then one of the guys that I knew was like, come over tonight. And so I get my buddy to, to motor me across the river. And then with my headlamp and I was, I don't even quite remember, but I got myself <laughs> to camp and they see this light and they're like, it's that girl. It's and that they all girl. swarm me. Yeah, I was that girl. They all swarm me. And I just like, as the youngest, I love entertaining. I just like did my little stand up comedian, um, you know, bit and just like entertain them all night. I, sorry, this is a long rant, but it's pretty funny because this is, <laughs> it does have a, an ending that I'm really proud of. In the morning, I woke up super hungover and I was like, oh my God, I'm on this like luxury trip. I just crashed this luxury trip, right? Like it's like super expensive trip. So I, you know, young Natalie, um, work ethic, I was like, okay, we were going to be camping at that beach the next day because um, we wanted to give them the beach so that, because it was this huge beach right at the head of the rapids. It's called Brown Betty. So we wanted to give them that. And then the next day, because we had like an eight day trip, we wanted to spend the night. We didn't, we wanted to do a layover there because there's a great hike from that mm -hmm. side. Um, so I was like, okay, I have to be here until my group comes, you know, rose, rose downstream. And so I start working. I start getting, so they have like two high end chefs, a massage therapist. They have like all of these people on the trip. Very um, bougie. Knew, very, very bougie. Yep. Yeah. And all, all the guides are like having to 
to rig their boats because it's high water. So they're all like, you know, wanting their, their boats to be H and T high and tight. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, okay, I can't really like go down there and talk to them. So I end up getting in the kitchen and washing dishes and I end up like helping the, the chefs and washing dishes and, and serving, you know, these guys like fruit and just helping them out. And the owner of Oars, his name's George Went, walks up to me, watches me for like an hour. And he's like, hey there, because he has this like really slow voice. He's like, I don't believe you're on this trip. And I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, tell me your story. And I was like, oh, I'm just, you know, I know you're, I know some of your river guides and uh, they're good friends of mine. And um, I'm kind of in between jobs right now. I, I got asked to come on this trip, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he was like, well, I've been watching you for the past hour. And my name is George Wind, and I'm the owner of Oars, and I'd like to give you a job. And I was like, what? And all the, the river guides are watching me with this guy, and they think I'm in trouble. And then, um, and then George walks me down to the manager that was on the trip and like, all right, this is our next river guide, you know, because there wasn't a lot of females working for Oars. And, uh, and so that's kind of how I got a job with Oars, and I ended up working for them for until I started paddleboarding. So... So let that be an example <laughs> to anybody who wants to, to work in the outdoor industry, especially in a male-driven outdoor industry. You have to be a badass. You have to have personality. You have to be able to say, I've got this, and impress just by being yourself. You didn't yeah. know that was the owner of the company. You were just there having a good time and enjoying the environment that you were in and wanting to be social and responsible enough to wash dishes. <laughs> That's how you get hired. That's yeah. how you get hired. Hopefully everybody <laughs> take your notes. And if you want to be a rap guy, follow Natalie's lead. And there you be go. A badass. What a great portfolio talk. Right. <laughs> and there's only two people that have been hired directly from him. And the other one was the manager of the Grand Canyon, uh, Regan Dale. So him and I share a very funny story because he got asked to, you know, join oars by by George as well. So I feel very lucky to be. And you, and you still occasionally get on the oars and, and run some big trips, right? I do. Yeah. 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 Um, when Including feeling... Alaska, the Tatachini a few years ago. Uh, not the Tatachini, actually, the LSEC. LSEC, But okay. they both come together to make sure. the, yeah, the LSEC. The Tatachini, um, I think, I think Spencer did that. Okay. Yeah. And, but, and got some great scary, videos man. of paddleboarding on icebergs in the lake. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. They, the biggest rapid up there is called North Lava or Lava North. Um, so I was just like, oh, great. I'm going to be, I'm going to flip and I'm going to die. And, you know, I always go to like the most extreme. Um, but I wrote bags, so I didn't have people on my boat. So that was definitely easier. Cause you know, when you haven't seen a river before you have to do a baggage trip where you just wrote bags and poop. And, uh, yeah, so but sometimes that that's really more cool enjoyable experience. than the paid clients. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I do miss the, I do miss the sticks and I would like to get back on one of these days for sure. Brittany Parker was a guest on the podcast recently, and she said she was raft guiding on the Colorado and saw some paddleboarders for the first time and was instantly hooked after she was invited. How did you get into river paddleboarding? Yeah, um, so Oars had like a 40th anniversary uh, celebration in Angels Camp, actually. So we all decided to go and celebrate, and they had some paddleboards there um, just on, in the eddy on the on the American or the South American, South Fork of the American right there. 
And uh, one of my river guide friends who worked in the Grand Canyon, who I'd done trips with, his name is Rio. We called him Uncle Rio. <laughs> <laughs> he was everybody's favorite uncle, even though he wasn't really an uncle, you know. But uh, Uncle Rio, he, uh, he was a badass kayaker, and he started getting me paddleboarding. I was like, dude, I want in. And uh, my partner, um, Alex, he, his mom or his uh, aunt and uncle owned California Canoe and Kayak, mm -hmm. CCK. Mm -hmm. And so they hooked us up with a couple paddle boards and then we just started getting on the water. And I remember just like swimming. I just swam. And I never really, so river guides don't swim. It's very <laughs> like if a river guide gets in the water, they're either bathing well, they're bathing. That's it. Like <laughs> river guides, they don't like, you know, they're not just, they don't, you know, jump in in the water and well i mean on a hot day yes but like they don't yeah. like to swim rapids and i was it was very uncomfortable for uncomfortable for me to swim mm. and so that was that was definitely a learning curve like just it just wasn't it wasn't normal it was it didn't feel comfortable and i just um so that was a big learning curve for me not the paddling but like the swimming even though I was a swimmer and a diver and I, I was in the water, it was just this different experience. Knowing you, that was the challenge itself. I'm watching ravens chase a bald eagle right now. <laughs> oh, do you know what we call ravens on the river? What do you call the, ravens? The male ra yeah, the male raven is called Raul, and mm. the, the, the female raven is called Regina. So you're always like, Raul! Ha! <laughs> Yeah. And well, especially in the Grand Canyon, they'll like drop down and grab sticks of butter from the dinner table, and it's hilarious. <laughs> and, well, uh, what are you looking at? Well, it's uh, it's uh, Regina chasing a baldy on, on the <laughs> Wenatchee awesome. right now, and they're <laughs> just making a commotion. The ravens, I don't know if you could hear it, oh, but they're, they're yeah. making a commotion. Yeah, they're mischievous. They are. They're little it. assholes. They, they're, they're, they're probably going to be drowning out uh, your story of nearly drowning on a paddleboard. <laughs> so you were like, okay, I know how to swim. I know how to do this. But in a river, I'm a little uncomfortable. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump onto a river paddleboard and learn how to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that took a little while. And then um, that was kind of the time also that I, with oars, they, they had this like, for river guides like okay there's this new app called instagram if you guys if you do really well at like posting where whichever warehouse you're at or, or section of river um at the end of this this season um they had this free trip to mexico and so i started getting on instagram and like really posting and, and i'm super competitive so i was like all right i want to i want to win this trip and so in posting about like my you know experiences as a river guide i started learning about um, Instagram and the hashtags mm -hmm. and I started kind mm -hmm. of diving down the road and I got into like the paddleboarding world and I mm -hmm. that's where I um, I found like Brittany mm -hmm. and Mike T, Badfish, um, Hala, Boardworks, mm -hmm. you know, I started going down Norm Han, I started like following all these people and finally decided um, we were going to Glenwood Springs and I decided to send Brittany a message and say, hey, I've never met you, but I'm coming to and I would love to to just paddle with you and so uh, the first time I met Brittany we like hugged right above the Glenwood wave and then it was like love friendship at first sight and that little Stimpy has just been such an a huge like <laughs> motivator for me and she's been a, an amazing teacher and um and really like showed me the ropes in surfing and I told her I was going to compete that year and how do I get sponsorships and she was really mm -hmm. great about kind of teaching me how to get into the world and what what 
what races should I get into? And so I, st- I did the whole like race circuit, you know, even the flat water stuff. I went to Tahoe Nalu and, mm-hmm. and I never did the, the battle of the paddle. That just seemed like way over my head, but yeah, doing all that, um, I ended up having a sponsorship with glide. Hmm. I was with glide for like a couple months and then I'm Utah based. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and they, they found me and they gave me a board and I was like, wow, this is super cool. And then I ended up being with Hala for a year and mm-hmm. then I moved over to Boardworks, and then I moved to Badfish. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where I'm going to stay. I love Badfish. Great family. Awesome. And you and Brittany have teamed up to create River to River. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think what the biggest reason was that we, you know, when we were there at the races, it was like just not a ton of females, not a ton of women out there on the water, even practicing or racing. And I asked her, I was like, how can we get more women on the water? Like, well, we got to teach it. And me as a river guide and my very loud voice and, and with the background in swift water and, and just trip leading, I was like, well, I would love to be more of the whitewater stuff and she was like well I love like the surfing and together we we decided like to bring our strengths and so she kind of backs up me when I'm doing more whitewater stuff and then I back up her with the surfing Mm -hmm. and we decided to you know do a few clinics just to see how our teaching styles were and then eventually the next year we decided to launch a website and do a whole tour and that was really fun but that like put me into so much debt (laughs) you know the clinics are great but they're they just they're not cost effective when you have um you know you're six to one on the water like we're mountain biking you can have 12 people per you know instructor but for us we are limited to either four clients to one you know guide or or six and so that just you can't it's not very profitable you know and so we we lasted we did that for a year and it was really fun we learned a lot um, we got a really a lot of great content and learned a lot about our teaching styles and and people and but it it definitely drained the bank account and uh, her and I couldn't keep that going and so we had to put that on pause and and break apart a little bit and and go down our own little roads and mm-hmm. and this year we decided to come back together and do it in a way that's sustainable and not so focused on clinics and being one on one with people but like how can we I mean, the, our, the name is river to river, right? So how can we grow this community and this culture and connecting people from river to river all across the country? And so that's, that's kind of where we're, we're back at with, with river to river. And do you have clinic schedules? Do you have locations or are you going to be focusing on having people come to you this time? Yeah, well, we were, th- we have a couple that we do every year with them um, and cheese dope too. They're a Utah based um, women's outdoor women's group and they get people mountain biking and um, intro to any sport really. It's really, it's, it's, they, they have a great thing going on and we usually do a couple clinics with them, but no, like Brittany's going to be focusing a lot more on teaching on like the Glenwood wave and sure. in, in Eagle. And then mm-hmm. for me, I mean, I have a connection to a local outfitter. His name's Josh um, with Paddle Moab and I'm always guiding with him. But no, we haven't really like pushed that. I think we're both a bit traumatized with like <laughs> with the clinics and and also we, you know, we're really good at following the format of the ACA, but mm-hmm. we we want it to be more of our own. And so until we have that voice that's ours and not the ACAs, I think we'll maybe put more emphasis into teaching. But until then, I think we want to take a step back and what else can be more of our voices right now like we want to 
build up our website and and how else can we connect people without just teaching that's what and, we're working on right now and that's what i'm so impressed by you i've had the opportunity to eavesdrop in on, on a couple of your uh, river to river clinics and of course having the certification the aca certification gives you a, a standard to to work with but you're really focused on the fitness and the the mental training as well as the physical training and to be a any type of outdoor athlete whether you're on a river paddling or mountain biking or rock climbing you name the the activity you have to have this mental focus that you know you have to train for mm-hmm. and you really emphasize that in your river paddleboarding clinics so a lot of mind and body training which is not an ACA course which I thought was fantastic (laughs) yeah thank you I I think that it's just it's a passion but it's also a conversation that happens outside of when you're on or when you're on the water when you're paddling with someone they're like you know I'm not able to last I don't have endurance like how do I get more arm strength like how can I on my board more like those kind of questions tie into someone really wanting to surf so it's like Mm -hmm. yeah so you can talk about surfing all day but if they don't have the upper body strength or the mindset you know or um the proper knowledge of the stances or even just like the awareness of the river because there's just so many other conversations that happen in those clinics that i i felt like we we do need to be more well-rounded when we're, we're instructors, you know, it's not just about the water. It's, it's, you're, you're a guide and you're, you're a mentor almost, you know, to, to these people that look up to you and that want to learn from you. And so it's, it's my duty as an instructor is to be able to provide those things that I want to talk about, um, to their fullest degree, you know, with, with fitness and the mindset and that the mindset when you're surfing, it's just, you you go to a place, especially if you keep swimming, you have to go to a place that just just keeps you going, you know, or even like paddling down river. And, you know, every time you swim, that can definitely bring you down. And so and even with competing, you know, and um, so I think that I've been that's that's been a big thing for me to to be able to get enough knowledge. Like as a river guide, you ha- you can't you're not just rowing people down the river. You need to, when you go on a hike, you're now there their hiking guide and you need to talk about the the plants and the geology. And so I think that's, I took that same structure and applied it to being a guide and how else can I be more well-rounded and offer a better service? You know, how am I in service to these people? How can I help them not only on the water, but just all in all in their lives, you know, be just a little bit better. So. As a raft guide, you have the responsibility of making sure people are safe they're entertained, they get to their final destination without uh, being too bruised. But as a, as a coach and a mentor, you personally now are influencing the lives of, of a new generation of river paddleboarder. Uh, you started when there was really few people doing it, especially women on the river. You were influenced by a couple of guys, then you got into it, and now you're a huge voice to a new generation of river paddleboarders. How does that make you feel? Like, <laughs> Scared. No, just yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's exciting. Like I I have always wanted to be not I'm not I, I want to use the word expert, but that's not how I feel yet. But I've always wanted to be an expert at something where I'm looked up to my voice matters 
and I can influence a lot of people just like trip leading. You know, I just, when you, when you're that voice, they look up to you, they remember you. And that's, that's something that I've been trying to take with me with this sport, but it's hard, you know, it's hard when you stand up there alone and you don't, you don't really know where you're, you're, you don't really know how you're helping advance the sport. You know, it's a little bit weary to be a leader. You, you just got to trust, like, you got to trust the process each step that if you're moving with, with truth and service to the sport and your community, then you're moving yourself the right, you know, you're moving you and, and the sport in the right direction. But it's scary sometimes where you're like, what am I working towards? You know, what am I, um, what, how, who am I really influencing? Cause I think our sport's so small. Sometimes it feels like, is there anyone there? Does anyone care? Hello, you know, hello. hello. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And so I definitely have doubt. And sometimes I'm like, well, am I even someone who should be trusted in a leadership role? I mean, that definitely think about that all the time. In these dark times where so many people are, are questioning their value, their worth, their place in a world, especially if they're isolated, the, the financial situation due to COVID and the quarantines are bankrupting people. There's the health crisis. You recently had a mountain bike injury that you broke your arm with. How are you getting through these dark times, including healing from that broken wrist of yours? Yeah, you know, I feel really lucky because um, a couple years ago, I was managing a restaurant here, my partner's restaurant called 98 Center, and I had met a doctor who came in, she would come in and get to-goes and head back to the ER, um, so I had developed this relationship with this doctor, but she's decided to move to regenerative and integrative medicine, and so I started to have more conversations with her, and she was like, I want to open up a clinic and a, and a practice, and so I was able to you know, get to know her and understand what she offers, like her treatments and, and her mindset and kind of where she wants to go with medicine, the future of medicine. And around that time is when I broke my wrist. So mm -hmm. I actually texted her and I was like, I just broke, cause she's an ER, you know, doctor. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just mm -hmm. broke my wrist. You, you know, I need your, I need your opinion. I need your advice. Like, how should I do this? And so she was a huge piece of my, you know, me coming back and, um, you know, my recovery, she was, right on it with like, and my, one of my good friends, River Guides was a nurse as well. So she came and she looked at it and she's like, okay, you need to go to the urgent care. So she was really great about being a support for me. And then they had me as soon as I could, they had me on like exosomes and stem cells to like, bring that inflammation down and to really like, you know, support the recovery. And, um, and then she was there like with all sorts of really cool regenerative treatments and, um, I feel so lucky to have like just that relationship was so new. And then the break, it was like, sometimes I feel like my brother, um, my brother who passed away, like he, he sets me up with these interesting moments of time and relationships. And um, I don't believe in a God, but I do believe in him looking out for me. And mm -hmm. so I, you know, I, I, I just feel so, so grateful that she was there and, um, and so the recovery was interesting. I've never broken a bone. That was my first break. And, and, you know, 
I had posted the video, and so I got a lot of shit. And <laughs> from this, this, this community is very mountain bikes, you know, motivated. And I mean, Moab, it's like the epicenter of shred town. Your and, handlebar uh, <laughs> angle was four degrees too shy. Oh, you probably got everything. I got, I got so much shit. <laughs> oh my God. Everyone I met, like anyone who I saw, they were just like, hey, and by the way, can I just tell you what you should have done? I was like, <laughs> let's hear it. You know, instead of being like angry and just being like, I don't want to hear it, I just, I, I, I was only in control of my mindset. Right. And so I was like, okay, if they really want to give me feedback, like see this as an opportunity to learn and not as an opportunity that your ego is getting struck down. And so that was, is it was an interesting, you know, month or so of, of getting that feedback every day, <laughs> like everywhere I went, the grocery store, the fucking co-op, everywhere I went, it was just like, Hey, yeah, I saw that video. Hey, here's some, some tips. Would you mind if I share a couple? Sure. What did I do wrong? Tell me. <laughs> Were like, people pretty consistent? Oh, with it? so consistent. It was hilarious. And I'm not a mountain biker, you know? Yeah. And so I was like, you, you should, you should take this opportunity to learn. Um, so the recovery was great. And I actually, I applied for financial assistance with the hospital and I ended up getting that, that surgery a hundred percent taken care of. And Amazing. I just, yeah, I just, I couldn't even believe it. I actually, my, my good friend is the CEO and I, was, I texted her directly. I was like, dude, did you have anything to do with this? She's like, no, this is just our hospital. And this is, you know, financial assistance that we can offer people like you. And, and, you know, just, yes, you're well-known in this community, but like you're just a person that applied and you got it. And it was really cool to feel the support of that. I was out of work for a couple months and, and so with that, I was, um, so I got all this help from the doctor. I was like, I gotta, I gotta help you back. So I've been learning a lot about her regenerative treatments and her integrative approaches. And it's just been a really cool connection and relationship to have with this doctor. And so, um, it's been like seven months and so I'm feeling pretty good. And I do have a plate in there and mm. I, my first hardware, it's really interesting. It's small enough where it's like, oh, do you feel a storm coming? I'm like, no, I don't feel a storm coming. <laughs> no, it's like the tiniest little plate, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but I'm, it's, it's definitely shifted my mindset in, um, yeah, like we're, we're, not, we're not superheroes, you know. And, and not that I was like shredding to the point where I was just going beyond, you know, some beyond my comfort level, but it just definitely brought everything in check for me and, and made me realize like, okay, life is short. Um, and what are my values and what, what do I really want to maintain in my life? And what, what do I just need to drop? And what are my stressors and are they good stressors or are they just things that I trying to say yes to you because I'm trying to be nice. And so it was really good for me to drop a lot of things that I didn't really want to do anymore, but I didn't know how. So I, I felt like that was a really key moment for me to have. And I see it as something that needed to happen. So have you paddled with that risk yet? Yeah. So I did in Costa Rica and, um, we, we did a clinic there or a retreat mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. and it was a little, it was off. I wasn't able to do sure. the Pacuare, but I was able to do like some class one, two, and that was fun. But it was, it was, it was a bit of a bummer because it was like two and a half months after. And I thought because of the stem cells and all the PRP and the stuff that I was getting that I would be just back on track, but it really is, it's a six month recovery. And I've been training and I'm back at like my foundational fitness and feeling pretty good. But, and then I've been paddling this week. I'm, I'm prepping for an ACA level five certification mm -hmm. with Brittany, um, just because it's something we've been wanting to do. And yes, we want to have our own language, but we also want to have a credential, you know, behind, 
um, us as leaders in this industry. And also, I don't know very many women who have done the level five. So it's kind of fun and exciting to think about us possibly getting that and, and just stepping into a new role as leaders and instructors and, you know, pushing the sport. So a position you deserve to be in. Oh, thank you. With that mountain bike crash, mountain biking isn't your sport. Do you have interest in doing it again? Do you actually have interest in doing that same line that you were on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, actually, I guess it's not a line. They're like, no one does that line. I'm like, oh. <laughs> like, you, we usually do the line on the right side of where you were. Or, or you know, the beginner line is on the left where you roll. And so uh, I, I don't know if I would do that exact drop again, but I would do the porcupine. It's like the whole enchilada that I was on, and it's a oh, very yeah. famous trail. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah, I, I have been mountain biking, and it's been really fun, and I do want to face my fears. But it's, um, you know, I, I see this opportunity to strengthen my foundation of skills and knowledge. And so instead of just being like trying to keep up with the boys, I'm seeing it as like, okay, what is my body position? Do I need to switch things up? Um, do I need, need to get a new bike? Like what is just, just trying to, I don't want to recreate the same pattern. So I'm seeing this as an opportunity to get old habits, you know, aside and really listen and do it right. Because as I'm getting, I'm 36 now, man. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're a little bit older than me. So you're like, yeah. Young, young pup. <laughs> 36. Oh, I wish I was, I, 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 I think I remember then. <laughs> but I'm kind of seeing that, like, you got to build, you got to keep that foundation and you can't get too ahead of yourself because your body's not able to bounce back as quick. And so I'm just really trying to see that as like every, every physical move I take is be, is, is starting to wear my body out. So it's like, okay, I want to really want to be really smart with my movement and my mobility and, and like, you know, resistance and, and all that. So at 46, that's how old I am. Oh, hey, 10 years old. This year has been a little tough for me. We only have a few more minutes left because I know you okay. have a, another meeting here, but uh, this last year has been tough on me. I did a undiagnosed AC separation after going headfirst into an empty swimming pool on a skateboard. Oh. Um, and so without doing the regular paddling that I have been doing to, to stay in shape, uh, this, these last few days on the Wenatchee have really been my first paddling of the last month. And I'm exhausted and I'm sore. Mm. And I'm realizing that if I'm not training regularly, my body will get into a, an, an ice, to a state where it's just inertia is preferred. So now I realize that I can't be the out, or I can't be the off the couch athlete that I've always been. Um, I have to train and and stay focused and stay motivated. So mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter if you're 36 or 46 or or whatever. You just have to to stay active and keep upright. Um, I met uh, these this couple, this cute couple in Maupin, uh, uh, about a month ago, who were in their 80s, and they were sitting on a bench, and we were able to be distant. But they were 80, and they said. The only way to, to survive to 80 is be upright and outdoors. Mm, I love so that. So they take, they take <laughs> their little walk. As, as we're wrapping up, what are some words of optimism? Obviously character, obviously strength of mind and body. If anybody's taking notes to be a raft guide, you have to be like confident and assertive and get the job done. And if you want to recover from an injury, you just have to have that fortitude as well. What other word that you have for my audience that we could wrap up with? As being, you know, a manager of a restaurant, I, 
the work ethic is it's it's kind of hard to come by these days and so yes we could end with like amazing words of encouragement with the river and Mm -hmm. and movement but a good solid work ethic and foundation of responsibility and commitment it can be applied to everything you know work ethic commitment humble honest truth be on time like be respectful and if you're going to do something like do it well even if it's something you don't want to do like if you're going to commit to something do it with like full heart and no regrets and so i think that can be applied to your fitness it can be applied to the river it can be applied to a ceo job but it's just i feel like we are too distracted with all of the devices and all the things we should be and whatnot and it can just it, it messes with your head and 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 possibly work messes with your work ethic and I mean, as a, as a kid and work was just that, you know, that word that just rang true for me. And, and, you know, it was my dad's 80th birthday just recently. And I told him he's a Taurus, he's like the bull and he's, you know, that it was the thing that I hated as a kid, but now it's the thing that I'm most proud of. And, you know, as, as a manager, as a trip leader, as a friend, like someone who can commit and be honest and, and have, and be able to be true to their word. Like those are qualities that, that are kind of a, a dying breed. And I think that that, that's something that I would like to end on is just remember, not remember, but just if you're, if you're be gonna, conscious of it. Yeah. Be conscious. And if you're going to commit to something, then do it with your full heart and, or don't do it at all, you know? And, um, Yeah. Beautifully articulated <laughs> with a laugh and a smile. Thank you so much, Natalie. Uh, what an awesome guest you are. Thank Aww, you. Thanks, Paul. It's good chatting with you. 